Thank you for downloading this podcast and welcome to Arrow Bandwidth, the podcast to help the channel better understand the trends, technologies and concepts that are facing the IT industry today. I'm your host, David Fern, and we hope you enjoy this Arrow production. And please subscribe. Thanks. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Arrow Bandwidth. And uh, today, as always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Richard Holmes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome. Welcome, welcome. And we have a returning show favourite, Mr. Vince Payne. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Vince. How are you? Very good, thank you. So we decided today that we were going to do um, a bit of a roundup and a bit of a sort of overview, state of the nation, call it what you will, of uh, BIBA, because we feel that it's a topic that's moving very fast. It's mm-hmm. a topic that's changing, um, not just from a technology standpoint, but also from a use case perspective, what we're seeing in the market, how we're seeing that particular industry evolve. Yep. And, uh, and basically just give a bit of a, an overview of where we're seeing traction and what are the opportunities for you as a partner to get involved and to go and have conversations, differentiating conversations with your customers. So uh, was, uh, have, I, have I summarised our, uh, our intention? I think that's what you put in the mail to me, yeah. <laughs> Very good. That's <laughs> why I turned up. As, as if there was a mail. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be proper. Um, so yeah, so I mean, who wants to kick off? Um, I don't mind. Vince, you're the, you're the guest. You go, go first, Vince. <laughs> I'll go on then. Guests okay. first. So um, I guess where I see the business, I see lots of different things going on around sort of BIBA. I think we're seeing a, a movement. You know, we have all the traditional sort of stuff going on around intelligence analytics but there's definitely a sort of a, uh, a move i think in in businesses looking for outcomes and looking at new areas to sort of bring additional um, information into the business so they can make better decisions about things so this is the kind of move from maybe a more structured approach to the sort of unstructured approach hmm. yeah i mean I'm, I, I tend to agree i tend to agree with you on that one i mean we see you know we still see um, a lot of our you know, valued customers and our, our core partners in that analytics space absolutely um, succeeded around you know traditional type uses of business intelligence and analytics. So, you know, financial planning and reporting and um, uh, budget planning and things like that. Um, but outside of that, what certainly I see on, on my side of the business is we're now starting to see vendors release their analytics products um, as a service, so putting them out on a public cloud, um, and building the product, releasing the product in a in a form, yeah, the the user experience being created in in a way, and the feature functionality being being added in a way that makes it easier to use. Mm analytics tools in mm. non-traditional areas. So whether that be, be sales, so that, whether that be like say, stru- structured data being used by, say, a sales or a marketing team as mm. opposed to the finance department, um, uh, and, and not producing the same sorts of detail, but giving the, the key answers to the questions that those departments want. And then out in that unstructured area, we're starting to see certain, again, certain cloud platform and service services surfacing analytics in unstructured ways around you know, machine data, operational analytics. And, and I think that's, okay, you 
you probably know with you know, the vendors that you cover, you know, a, a little bit more of that space than than I do. But I, I think that's certainly one of the areas for growth. So I think there's, you know, the, there's growth in the traditional space because mm. you know people are still coming to the the concept and the idea of deploying analytics for things like you know, forecasting, budgeting, all the stuff that we just said there. Mm. And that's still an area that continues to grow. But the real places where it's taking off is analytics in, yeah, delivered from a, a cloud platform and then yeah, analytics employed elsewhere in the business. Mm. Um, and some of those cases are in, you know, traditional IT. So not selling analytics to the IT department because it's a requirement of finance department, but selling it to the IT department because it's been used and consumed by the IT department to surface and deliver yeah, a performance advantage, uh, a level of um, services that those IT departments need to, to be able to, I suppose, effectively manage, control mm. um, ever-increasingly complex mm. IT deployments. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think that that's certainly one place. But I think what we're what you're searching for there as as a overall catch-all term is the line of businesses have become much more aware of the opportunities that making better decisions presents to them. And um, you know, so, so we always talk about analytics starting with a question, and the reality is that question could be, how do I understand you know all the logs and the data in my in my network to be able to better understand what's going on. Mm. It might be, you know, so, um, so I think one of the more interesting things about analytics, it's gone away from, I mean, business analytics, business intelligence used to be very sort of, you would get a pretty horrible looking PDF report that yeah. had numbers on it. It then moved into more, and, and by the way, that was a very um, IT centric function for the business units. Yes. Uh, it was, reports were developed over time, they were built, they were pretty boring. Um, and they didn't really excite anyone, but they were they were important because obviously that was the only way that the business could get access to its data and get access to the answers. The reality is, as we've become more IT savvy, um, as we as we demand more from what we have from you know from users demand more of uh, of organisations. Therefore, mm -hmm. organisations need to be more savvy. The competitive landscape of almost every single industry in the world is being tipped on its head. So the competitive edge has become thinner and thinner and thinner. So you've got to be more creative. You've got to make better decisions quicker with you know, more diverse information. I think what Vince said a minute ago about you know, we're seeing a shift from you know, people looking at purely the structured data inside of ERP systems or databases they have or moving towards looking at sort of semi-structured and unstructured data sources to complement and to help enforce and re sort of reinforce those decision-making abilities yeah. is absolutely right. 100% I think we see that. And um, <clears throat> I think, you know, not meaning to harp on about sort of the Happy London platform, things like that, you know, that's a prime example of somewhere where we started with very structured data sources, mm -hmm. you know, delay times, and then we started to look at more abstract, unstructured data sources like Twitter, we started to do some AI around sort of predicting crime rates and, and financial predictions. And all of a sudden, we've got a much more accurate answer for the happiness of London that we didn't otherwise have. Fine. So, yeah. um, 
Fine. Thanks, mate. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, so, so uh, I was, I was, I was just thinking about how, how I segue this in, which is a little ferny, a little ferny fact. Oh, we like on. a little ferny fact. Go for it. Right. So I'm taking a leaf out of your book with this one. So it's interesting. Everything that you say there, I, I agree with you, but I think this factoid probably backs up what you've just said. Mm. So we've got a little fact. So it states, courtesy of Forbes, that dashboard-based reporting, ad hoc analysis and exploration and dashboard authoring are the th- top three cloud BI use cases. So why is that the case? Well, for me, I think putting two and two together and kind of bring it all back round in, in a circle is that people are deploying business intelligence on the cloud because it's quick. It's the quickest way to get it to, to the users in the organization that demand it. And it's no surprise that they're looking for dashboard-based reporting, ad hoc analysis, it's exploration, mm. it's authoring. It's, you know what, why they're doing that? It's precisely for the reasons that you've mm. just said there, that competitive advantage, that you know, exploiting the data that we've got, not just looking at yeah, hard facts, yeah. data that's getting stale really quick in a you know, traditional system or record type um, environment. One of the other things I would say, though, is I'm not completely and utterly convinced yet on analytics in the cloud. Now, right, I'm going to put my hands up here and I'm going to say that I totally get running it as part of a infrastructure-to-service-esque platform. Yeah. The WMX of the world, the Microsoft Azure's of the world makes perfect sense to me. Having analytics in an isolated little box, a little app, Mm. or a little web service sitting there in isolation, the amount of data you've got to move in and move out and move in and move out to make it valuable, the amount of you know, access and, and, and security and, and everything else, I'm not saying it doesn't work, I'm certainly not saying it wouldn't work, but I think it, you know, it's interesting. We've, we've always talked about cloud being really appropriate for test and dev, and I've always been very dead against that as well because cloud has a, a real production value, massive production value, mm. and anyone thinks it's just for test and dev is wrong flat out fact and please come and hit me up on Twitter and we'll have a good conversation about it. But um, I genuinely believe that these web services where you can get data in quickly, you can do a lot of sort of, um, you know, they've got, so you look at some of these online services and they've got a lot of connectors built in to plug into this service and that service and that service and this and REST APIs and Twitter and and you can pull it all in and quickly explore it and, and see if it actually comes out of your answer. But to run that from there into a production service mm. are two very different things. So I'd say, actually, one of the places that cloud analytics for me does is really valuable is in, okay, is there value in building this system out on-prem? Is there value in, in integrating all these different sort of data feeds and creating outcome? Yeah. I think we see some of our partners building these platforms, to be honest, or yeah. integrating... Um, a lot of this sort of intelligence and analytics into their, their service because because people and customers, I think they're just aware that, um, that that access to this kind of information is available to them now. And it's, it's almost like a de facto, becoming a de facto standard when you look at any environment that you have. Yeah, we were talking the other day with a colleague about uh, management and, and we, we just threw BI and analytics into management because it seemed to be so 
um, in, you know, it's just it's absolute part of what is needed today. So, no, I totally agree. The other thing that we also see is that the use cases, I think, as well, that we've seen, and some of the stories that are being told by some of the vendors we work with around the way people are actually interacting with analytics and intelligence, whether it's structured <coughs> and unstructured. But some of the use cases around airports doing amazing things and um, retail um, giants using different tools to, to find, you know, absolutely new structure to their business. Um, and around this, like you mentioned before, about the sort of the agility piece, and mm. you know, you, you kind of that's allowing you know people to go into new markets. That's allowing people to streamline processes. So yeah, there's all kinds of interesting things happening. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's time to market, right? I think the quicker you can get to market with answers, the better. And I think that's where cloud and, and these platforms are really valuable to me. But running them into a everyday business process that takes a lot of confidential data, or well, not even confidential data, but just you know, data that you don't want your competition to get hold of, your, you know, your secret source data, your, you know, people's clicks on your website, you know, the, you know, people's, you know, customer records, not even confidential customer records. We're talking just the information that you have over and above the competition on a particular customer that means that you can address their needs better. You know, that sort of information, I don't necessarily think people want that flowing out to the cloud. If it can stay within the cloud, as in your ERP system or your data servers or whatever are in the cloud and they feed your analytics in the cloud, you know, in, in the Microsoft world or the AWS world or the Bluemix world, you run a database and then you literally on the same network in that cloud, in that isolated mm. bubble of cloud, mm. you also happen to run all the machine learning services that complement it. At no point you having to expose it over the internet across. I'm a big believer in data is secure, encrypted properly, you've got no problem. Doesn't mean that anyone else is though. So I think actually that the no, uh, oh, but is, it, is it about volume though rather than <coughs> the security there's element? also a volume element yeah I think that actually over time when you add a lot of this data together in a cloud it can become more expensive than running on-prem I've always said always said that cloud is more expensive than running on-prem if you are literally going to switch something on and leave it running for three years because the reality is you pay a premium for that scale up scale down ability you don't want to scale up scale down buy a server put it in a data center and hook it in, but I am a big believer in hybrid cloud, and I suppose that's all where I'm going with this. Hybrid analytics. Mm. Leverage services as you can, but keep your data in your core, comp you know, that, that every, as soon as BIBA or you know, analytics becomes an everyday part of your business, an everyday part of your decision making or business process or whatever it may be, mm. bring it on site. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think you've got to in, it's 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 you know it's linking all those processes together, isn't it? And sometimes, even with hybrid cloud, depending on how agile your infrastructure is um, I think a lot of people talk about that and the reality it probably isn't quite there for most customers um, and partners um, so I, th I think you know, there's a, a high degree of that but again it's those different processes linking in different types of information volume of that information bringing it into one place and then actually being able to query it and gain yeah. the in insight into it effectively can change it I guess I'm not going to be contentious, but I, I kind of agree, but I kind of disagree because I, I, I have seen. Hey, look, you know what? And that's what makes these podcasts interesting, isn't it? It's I, I have seen a gradual shift over the last two years from from partners being and businesses being a little bit like you said. There, it's like no, I'm I'm not going to put my crown jewels up on uh, a cloud. Um, I'm not going to yeah. Put Ooh, that careful, element of careful, risk in. Careful, your crown jewels. Yes, my crown jewels. I just realised what I said there. I hope, oh, nobody, yeah. hope nobody was listening. Um, <laughs> hope nobody was no listening. No listening. Exactly. This is a podcast. If no one's listening, we are screwed. <laughs> so, 
people have moved people have moved away from that i think over the last couple of years yeah we we have seen people move away from that no i'm i'm not going to risk putting my data upon a public cloud but you know what? Yeah, it's not it's not a cloud podcast. This is a BOVA. Uh, I was just about to say, yeah, the risk of this turning into a cloud co- po- not a cloud podcast. I have a question for Vince. Mm, so, bear in mind, yeah, you you work with a, a lot of vendors, not just not just in the analytics space, but across you know a multitude area of you know, infrastructure and, and and the enterprise. Are you seeing you know, when you talk about unstructured data and and analytics around that? I take it. That you're seeing analytics crop up in other products and other types of IT solutions. So, you know, around storage, around security, etc. What's? I'd just be interested to know what your take on it is from sort of you know the vendor spread you've got because I I think I'm seeing a similar thing on my side as well. Yeah, I think I think. we see this path of software defined data center and agility and and you know everyone developing this path to having you know less human interaction in every process that yep. is there there becomes a point if you don't understand what's going on in your infrastructure through some type of analytics you then can't make those next correct decisions yeah. about anything mm. so you know if you look at some of the big virtualization giants we won't know many names you know their their view or moving um, you know, infrastructure, hybrid infrastructure, and managing your applications as you sort of maybe they're on premise or they're they're up in the cloud. If you can't or understand to make the right decisions about what they cost, uh, the kind of performance they need, the kind of yeah. security they need, you know, you, you, you're pretty you're not going to get anywhere. So, intelligence analytics into that we see a lot of, and then we're seeing this kind of other move with um, other vendors around. So we've got some of this information. Where else can we get information that will give us? Um, Maybe some kind of um, you know somewhere some lead in a, in a marketplace. So you have sort of operationally in your infrastructure all kinds of things going on, pulling data out of you know, all kinds of different things you never would have dreamed of. Mm. You know, um, if you're talking about you mentioned retail before, is it footfall in their shops? Is it how where customers go, what they look at, what they pick up? Um, how you know you're seeing businesses completely change where where they you know you don't actually have a checkout anymore because everything's you know RFID and yeah. all this kind of thing and so analytics and intelligence if you don't have that all this new way of doing business and new way of becoming um, different and um, uh, yeah but more competitive is going to go away so yeah. yeah we see it quite a lot and I want to add something to that everything you've just spoken about absolutely valid and I think actually. If we really went into it, we could do an entire podcast on use cases for analytics, new and old, and mm. everything else in mm. between. But what the single what kept going around in my mind when when Vince was just talking then is this just is such a uh, a play for analytics to go away from being okay. This is our financial planning analytics system. Yes. This is our this plat to turn it into a platform that can be leveraged to do so. You have one platform, one single platform that has the ability to essentially plug into multiple different data sources, do multiple different sort of bits in the middle, so the ETL process, the extract, transform, load process, and then plug into multiple exploration tools. So actually you've got one common underlying platform, and then actually all you do is turn around and say, okay, so we needed to understand the, um, the performance of our infrastructure. Plug it into that, there's the outcome. Okay, we need to understand, but at the same time, you can then look at, Okay, we need to do something for HR around being able to, you know, understand employee feedback or something, and, and be able to analyze that. So you might plug into 
you know, an ERP system, but then plug that into some AI to start doing some sentiment analysis on people's feedback to provide more insightful answers to HR around making better decisions on, you know, well-being and, and sort of perks and benefits that, that your employees need. A thousand and one different things. You might have the customer services team wanting to get a better 360 view of the customer. Mm. All of these things can be done in two ways. You can either go and buy 20 different bits of software you know, you can buy an HR analytics platform, you can buy a or system in isolation, an app almost. Yes. Or you can buy essentially one platform which you can then build on top of and you can build almost, yeah, as, um, as our good friend Matt Anderson always talks about, you know, a platform is a thousand times more valuable than an app because an app sits on top of a platform. If you own the platform, you own everything because the reality is you've got people coming to build on top of your platform rather than you know, you having to have an app or a store or something that essentially relies upon someone else's platform. So, you know, once again, coming back to Happy London, mm. the whole purpose of that is it is a platform to build upon. You know, Happy London does the happiness of London. It does the happiness of multiple cities. But it also gets involved in well-being projects. It's also doing work in the charity space. It's also doing exactly the same platform, exactly the same infrastructure, just literally... One, it's not even tweaks. It's like literally one, um, you know, one thing sits on top and does this particular data pipeline. Another sits on top and does this data pipeline, ingests into that data, that data, that, and everything's consolidated, little sort of almost containers without wanting to sound like Docker, mm. on top of a platform that is designed for analytics. Mm. Do you guys see any of that in the wild yet? Because <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest, everything that you've described, the former, so yeah, specific specific tools in say a HR platform that gives you that gives you insight so yeah things like yeah em employee sentiment employee mm. voice yeah survey response that sort of thing absolutely get that absolutely see that um, and <clears throat> and I'm again the vendors that, that I've got experience in we're still there we're not at that platform, that all-encompassing yeah. platform level. Yeah. I and and, and I sadly. don't know if the grand plan is to ultimately bring but them all and mesh them together I suppose as a one of my One of my big things is that it, it has to go, and it will go there. So if you look at where you know virtualization took, so you had specific servers, so everyone was like, oh, I need a server with four sockets and two, you know, and, and whatever cores and this much memory and this many cards for this application. I need a server for this. I need a storage array for this specific purpose. And then it went to, actually, I'm, I, sort of, I just want 10 of, of whatever specs cheapest, because actually it doesn't really matter. Um, and I'm basically going to virtualize it all. And where the VM sits, who cares? It's, it, as long as it's got the compute it needs, you know, you've essentially turned your infrastructure from servers for purposes to servers to create a platform that everything else can sit on top of. Mm. Cloud went one step further and turned around and said, do you know what, actually don't even worry about what the underlying servers, just literally here is a absolute platform for you to sit on top of. Mm. I think the next big one to break down, oh, the mobile phone. You know, mobile phones and, and tablets, right? These are one of the ultimate platforms we have. Apps sit on top of them. Who cares about anything else as long as you get your apps and they work, they're all containerized mm. little apps. You know, Apple or Android both own the leading platforms for essentially running mobile applications. But it's a platform. 
they own the platform and everyone else develops to create yeah. apps for the platform. I suppose the one way to look at it, though, is that a lot of people would say that some of the visualisation tools maybe bring some of this together for companies. They do, but the visualisation tools for me are should be the outcome of the platform. Mm. They should be, because the visualization tools obviously is one outcome of analytics, another is an automated outcome, another is a, you know, an alert or, a, or doing something specific, you know. The reality is they need to be a, an element of the platform. You know, if you look at, you know, our arrow structure or arrow sort of reference data, reference architecture um, for big data, mm. it starts with ingest and the different ingestion methodologies that exist and how we essentially approach each one of those and what they are. It then goes through the ETL strategies. ETL is not just what it used to be of rip out bits of data or what. It's all, it, it can be, you know, leverage remote services, chuck this up to AI, chuck that down to machine learning, do something really innovative with the data, then store, and then explore. And explore is all about that automated outcome. It could be visualization, it could be whatever it wants to be. So, you know, I, I suppose I appreciate Rich's comment, we're not there yet. Well, mm. we're there, but I don't think a lot of customers are there because I don't think they're thinking about, um, n not through any fault of their own, just because I think that actually the conversation probably hasn't been had yet um, because they probably don't see analytics outside of one or two dimensions of data, maybe sales and actually for sales. Yeah. And building a platform just for sales is daft. Mm. But actually, if they start to look at their business as every single department, every single person could be a lot more productive and a lot more um, profitable if they had the if they had access to data driven outcomes and data driven answers. So I don't know. Is is it fair to say that you know a lot a lot of businesses are still struggling with with solving problems around accessing the data they've got, making it usable, and getting value out of that yeah one two dimensional data to begin with before. Yeah, they've got their hands full with that before they even start looking but, uh, elsewhere so, uh, to so exploit the platform. I think it's a really good question there because actually the reason they're struggling is because their tooling is so old and rubbish and poor that it doesn't allow them to ingest multiple pieces of data easily, combine them easily, and turn them into easy answers. I would 100%, honestly, I've seen this. This is probably one of the main reasons we built the Happy London platform is literally to turn around and say, this is how easy it can be. It doesn't, you know, the reality is if you are using antiquated old technologies, with all yeah. due respect to, you know, the antiquated old technologies that certain <laughs> vendors that we have, have or have had in the past, um, it is not easy to combine diverse data sources. Mm. I mean, also trying to... skills as well, though, isn't it? Because I think we've realised, and certainly what I've learned in the last sort of year or so about some of our technologies around this space is that the skills required to make sense of some of this data and this information that we're, we're able to get our hands on today mm, yeah. are, are quite, you know, they're quite different maybe from what we would have thought but we then, would have needed. But then here's an interesting, here's an interesting sort of point there. Um, everyone, I think, personally has... Uh, most people who work in um, roles where they have to use spreadsheets, so everyone's become pretty proficient with spreadsheets now, yeah? And, and the reality is... Spreadsheets are essentially, you're building data models. Now, the reality is, the problem and the limitation with spreadsheets is your ability to access large, large, large quantities of data to run those models on, be they just simple formulas or be they pivot tables or be they whatever they may be, um, is limited. But Microsoft have released um, a connector that basically links Excel to Hadoop. 
So you can do, it's perfectly plausible. Your, uh, your, your point to, you know, actually the tooling can be difficult to use, well, just literally mirror the tooling to what your end users are used to and like to use, but literally give them access to vast, vast, vast quantities of, of data and computational power so they can build their models in a tool they love and know how to use on, you know, small subsets of the, the, the overall data and then basically say, go, run that on a billion rows of data rather than the hundred I've got in my spreadsheet because a billion would literally bring my spreadsheet to its knees. But it's perfectly plausible to be able to do this. You know, you can do logistical regression, you can do... Um, you know, boosted decision trees, you can do all sorts of funny things in, in Excel now. Mm. So why not literally empower the users mm. to use what they use, but unless you've got a platform that essentially allows you to take that data model and apply it to the data sources that that particular per person wants to use, this ain't going to go anywhere. But that's a way. Yeah. We got him on a soapbox there, Vince. Oh, I'm so <laughs> myself. Yeah. You, know, you know me and my bloody soapbox. <laughs> He's gone. We've let him, we let <laughs> yeah. him through. No, so I think, so, but I think that they, they have it, you know, so it's, it, it's finding the platform for the business, the customer, that mm. works for them, that takes in, you know, not, you know, not, it's not going to be relevant to everyone, I guess, but some people, you know, especially the big, larger enterprises, you know, some of the tools that are available to them can do what you're saying. You yeah. know, maybe Excel probably is not what tool they would be using it for, but something would yeah. be utilised to bring lots of different types of information together to give them <laughs> some nice visualisations or some whatever they need, whether it's a report or whatever it would be, mm. so, so they can make a split, uh, you know, second decision on, on something. You're making yep. the right decision, isn't it? Because it's, yep. you, you can't make the right decision always if you don't have the right information. Well, I mean, if you can, if you can de... Mystify. Not demystify, not democratise. Um, if you can basically lower the barrier to entry, I forget my cool word and just go lower the back barrier to entry, <laughs> to being a data scientist you've just literally unlocked infinite mm. value in your organization. If you can empower everyone to use the tools they've used for the last 10 years, every single day, Excel et al, and basically create data models, but then apply those data models to vast quantities of data in a very dimensional way, so using lots of different diverse data sources, you, as, you know, honestly, that is license to print money because you turn everyone into a mini data scientist, their accuracy of the decisions they're making go from maybe 80% to upwards of 95, 98%, because they're getting a lot better answers out of what they're doing. Boom, I'm done. Soapbox away. <laughs> Mic dropped. See ya. I was going to say, hang on a second. That sounds like for this episode, we've come round full circle. What we were saying at the start, some of the trends that we're actually seeing is... Analytics being put in the hands of more people. So yeah, what you were Boom. saying, democratization. It is, yeah, it's oh, there is a word. It's a, I'll come up with it and I shall. I'll bring it up in mind. I'm going to Google it. The, the right word. Put it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Answers, answers <laughs> on we the need a Yeah, choose. Come up with three, and we'll, we'll we'll vote on which one we think we should insert. All right, and on yeah. that, and on that bombshell, <laughs> on that insertion. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. I think this has been a really good episode. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Always good to have you on, Vince. Yeah, always good to have you on, buddy. And, uh, well, this is your job, as I've said a million times over. And mine. So I'm not going to thank you. Uh, I'll be your wingman. <laughs> <laughs> and, obviously, um, thanks, great thanks to our fantastic producer, who is feeling a little bit sad for herself today because she's got the... Uh, Dreaded lurgy. Is it man flu yet, or is it, is it not quite got there? 
Oh, oh brutal. <laughs> and on that proper bombshell, bombshell. <laughs> thank you very much for listening and we shall see you next week. Bye. Cheers, bye. Bye.